Welcome back to another Edge Got In podcast. Thank you for pushing the pause button this week to Edge Got In to your mind, your will, and those crazy emotions. Today, we're going to be having a conversation that comes from Colossians chapter three. This was a chapter that I had read in college, and I I remember pulling it aside and 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 just continually like rewriting and and pulling out different scriptures from Colossians chapter 3 and I landed on it again last week if you haven't already listened to the previous podcast entitled how to wield the double edged sword in spiritual combat that was last week's podcast if you haven't checked that one out check that one out it contains a an uninvited life challenge that popped into my life personally that caught me off guard last week. And as I was speaking today to my dad, I said, you know, it's amazing. God never leaves me empty-handed of incredible material to be able to share and use for God's glory. And last week's podcast was one of them. So how to wield the sword, the double-edged sword in spiritual combat. We'll continue our conversation in the area of the how-to. How do we wield the sword of the spirit of the word of God that dwells within us and pierces, cuts through all of the emotions, all of the adrenaline, all of the stress hormone, norepinephrine, epinephrine, and all of the body's response to situations that we feel hijacked by in life. I move to continue this conversation around the practical invitation that Paul uses from Colossians chapter three. So today's title of our podcast today is seven directives, Paul's seven directives for followers of Jesus, seven clear directives for followers of Jesus. Our learning objective today is that you will walk away learning these seven clear guidelines, directives that Paul invites followers of Jesus to embrace. You will explore how God desires to prune you for growth and his good works. Stress increases when we move from the flesh, my friends, and we give our flesh permission to guide our spirit. Many times in one day, in one 24-hour period, we'll toggle back and forth pretty effortlessly between flesh and spirit, spirit and flesh. Paul talks about this in Romans chapter 7 when he lays out his weaknesses in his flesh and his frustrations that come from being hijacked by the flesh. And he ends that conversation from Romans chapter 7 with the declaration, who will save me from this wretched condition? Thanks be to God. In Christ Jesus is my victory. My friends, that is good news for us. In Christ Jesus, with Christ, through Christ, in Christ, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the power of the Holy Spirit within us, lies our victory. 
in the spiritual battlefield. So let's continue that conversation of learning how to wield the sword, the double-edged sword, the word of God, for victory over our emotions. Emotional intelligence in Christ is the, is the activation of the Holy Spirit within us. How do we get that activation? By drawing near, drawing near to God. How do we draw near to God? Huge way to draw near to God is to read his living word. It's the activation of the Holy Spirit within us to help us discern and manage our emotions and behaviors in a way that honors God by loving others well, as Jesus did. He is our model, my friends, of emotional intelligence. He is emotional intelligence. Our Emotional Intelligence in Christ Project now has a book, a course, and recently a six-week study guide. You can check it out, and we also release bi-monthly a message, an invitation that is grounded on tips and tools to use to up our game and give us victory over our emotions with the help of the Holy Spirit within us. You can explore that at emotionalintelligenceinchrist.com, emotionalintelligenceinchrist.com. Our mission at Edge got in is to champion your human potential in Christ. Emotional intelligence in Christ walks hand in hand with edging God in. With each podcast, if you visit us at edgegodin.com, you'll see some resources as well as the scriptures that we speak about in that specific podcast. So visit us at edgegodin.com for that. There's also a one sheet that we've heard many people are using to do topical Bible studies and printing out that one sheet to use to capture the learnings and discuss in small groups. So feel free to do that as well at edgegodin.com. Let's jump in, see what the Holy Spirit has for us today with this incredible invitation, seven directives for followers of Jesus that Paul lays out for us in the book of Colossians. Name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen, sweet Jesus. Thank you for crashing into Paul's life. We read about that in Acts chapter 9. He was hijacked, Lord, and you were after his identity, to restore his identity to its rightful owner. Perhaps we're hijacked today, God, in areas we're not even aware of. So open our eyes to see, our ears to hear, our heart to respond to these directives that you moved Paul to write in the book of Colossians. Help us to pause in those areas that the Holy Spirit desires to do a mighty work in. Perhaps it's one area mentioned, two areas. Show us what you want us to do more of and what you want us to do less of, because we are your handiwork. You are making your appeal through us for your glory. And you've got good works for us, God. Too often we get in the way of those good works. Our flesh crashes the scene uninvited. We push and pull our way and 
fight and scream many times internally or externally when life doesn't show up the way we want it to. So grant us the grace of peace, your peace that passes all human understanding and wisdom. When we stand before you, Lord, we want to hear those sweet words. Well done, my good and faithful servant. We love you, Lord. May the words of my mouth and meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight for the edification of everyone that has been moved to tune in to today's podcast. In your most precious name we pray. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Last week I shared my personal story, and perhaps you have a life pop-up that's happened recently, uninvited. And along with it are a lot of strong emotions which make it very easy when the emotions are strong to be hijacked from remembering what our soul always knows. So Paul lays out in Colossians, if you have your Bible, open up to Colossians chapter 3. If not, if you're driving or listening to this podcast along your journey of life, simply pause and ask the Holy Spirit, what's for me today? You'll often hear me say, in an hour period of time, there's usually one to three pieces of information that the mind can grasp and transfer and sustain. You increase the odds of creating a habit when you consistently keep that desired behavior that you want to do more of by your bedside and review it daily. They're suggesting about 60 days now, used to be 30. Whatever we focus on grows bigger, my friends. So let's jump in. Colossians chapter 3, starting with verse 3. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. The first directive, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above. He repeats it. Verse 3. It actually starts it actually starts in verse 1 since you have been raised with Christ set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God verse 2 set your minds on things above not on earthly things and then verse 3 is the verse that actually describes hey you died and your life is now hidden in Christ when Christ who is your life appears then you will appear with him in glory Is there something in your life you don't understand right now? Something that you feel that you need to know in order to feel safe? Draw near, my friends. Come closer. Your life is hidden in Christ, as well as direction and guidance. So the first directive today is set your minds on things above. This is a job for Jesus, my friends, (laughs) because there are plenty of shiny objects out there and life events that hijack our focus. They hijack Peter's focus. When he was walking on top of water, he looked at the waves. His focus was hijacked by something at that moment where he was giving more authority to than Jesus in front of him. And oftentimes I find myself doing this. I'll keep my eyes on Jesus until something pops in, and then I'll glance to the right and to the left, and I'll start to sink. 
So come back, refocus, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated, not on earthly things. You'll notice as you focus on earthly things, why someone said something, why someone didn't say something, why you didn't get picked, why you got laid off, why your body is going through a difficult challenge, physically speaking. We ask that question quite a bit. And therefore, when we're asking that question, we're linking our sense of safety and connection, one of the basic needs, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. God knows that. We desire to feel safe. We desire to feel connected. Problem comes when we connect to earthly things, not the heavenly things. And our safety rises and falls depending upon what's happening outside of us. Jesus is calling us back today. Whatever it is you're going through, my friend, Jesus is calling you back. Don't look at the waves. Don't look over there. Do not touch. Do not taste. They're all destined to perish with use. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. The second directive starts at verse five, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. So the first one is to set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated. Second one is put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Then he goes on in case we're wondering, well, what belongs to my earthly nature? I love it because Paul gets very specific. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. He goes on in verse 8 to again invite us with the directive, rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. And by the way, don't lie to each other since you've taken off the old self with its practices and put on the new self. So here we're having that conversation. Is my flesh guiding my spirit or is my spirit guiding my flesh? St. Augustine made an incredibly profound, simple, I love the simplicity, statement when he said, I've learned true freedom. And it is this, to give my spirit permission to guide my flesh into all things. It's a declaration of Galatians 5.1. It is for freedom that Christ has set me free. And you, stand firm. And don't allow yourself to be burdened by the yoke of slavery. What is your yoke of slavery today? What are you yoked to, attached to, giving power to, to define your worth, your value, and what you believe you're capable of handling successfully? Rid yourselves of all such things. Anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. I've shared this before in my testimony. When I was 17, accepted Christ. I used to curse like a sailor before that. I was raised in Long Island, and the F-bomb was like a, an adjective. Jesus, when I accepted him, there were some things that instantly he cleared out. Filthy language from my lips was one of them. Couldn't come out of my mouth. I didn't even think about it. In fact, I came back my senior year and I had some of my close friends say, what happened? Because your language has totally changed. There are certain things that the Holy Spirit will rid you of instantly. 
Our invitation today is ask him to rid you of everything that prevents you from intimacy with Jesus. Everything that is attaching you to your flesh and causing you to play the finite game of life. Jesus is all about the infinite game of life. Set your hearts on things above, put to death whatever belongs to the flesh. Sexual morality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, which is idolatry. We've had podcasts on greed as well. You can go to edgegotin.com, put in the word greed, greedy. Greed is a wicked little thief, little serpent, and it has many different faces. Ridding yourself from greed is a job for Jesus. We get greedy for people's time. We get, we get defensive. We'll cut people down and make them the villain if they don't give us what we want. We get, we get greedy for power, possessions, popularity, passion. Luke 4, the things that Satan tempted Jesus with in the desert. So what is it for you today as we're reading through these directives? Your earth school practice between now and the next podcast is to dig deep into Colossians chapter 3. Highlight these directives. Set your hearts on things above. Colossians 3.1. Set your minds on things above. So Paul, also this is another little note I wanted to make about the first directive. He asks us to set our hearts and our minds. Not just our hearts, but our hearts and our minds. Because he knows that the mind gets hijacked very quickly. This is the playground of those little serpents that slither in. Ah, you're not good enough. They don't like you. They're going to pick someone over you. You don't have any worth and value. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're saying. Or you're power hungry. All kinds of judgments slip in the mind. Jesus knows that. So Paul's giving us that invitation. Set your minds and your hearts on things above. Again, that's a job for Jesus. Second directive, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to the sinful nature. And then he just lists a litany of it. For me, it was filthy language right from the beginning. Some people, it's anger. Some people, it's rage, right? Malice. That's, that's, that's what are your motives? Why do you do what you do? You have malicious intention. Slander. Filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other. We just, this is the first week of spring. It's an incredible time to think about pruning for growth and asking the Holy Spirit to help us to do that. So the third directive is this, clothe yourselves. I love the words that he used, set your hearts, put to death, rid yourselves, clothe yourselves. That's our third directive, clothe yourselves. With what? And he lets us know, kindness compassion, humility, gentleness, and patience. And then he goes on to what else, the other piece that he wants us to do in our fourth directive, which is to forgive each other, bear with each other. If you have any grievance against somebody else, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And the fifth directive is to put on love, which binds them together in perfect unity. Now, he just gave three directives from verse 12 to verse 14. Three, three verses contain three directives. Clothe yourselves, forgive one another, put on love. Clothe yourselves with kindness, compassion, humility, gentleness, and patience. 
forgive one another, and put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. So clothe, forgive, put on love. The sixth directive is let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. I'm a huge fan of that three-letter word. Notice how many times it comes up in scripture. It speaks to a choice point. We have a choice to let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts or not let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. Paul is inviting us as followers of Jesus to let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts, since as members of one body, you are called to peace. Part of the ramification of letting the peace of Christ rule in your hearts is thankfulness, which is what he declares next, and be thankful. I put them in one directive because they walk hand in hand. When you feel the peace of Christ in your hearts, gratitude and thankfulness flows out. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly, or let the word of God is another translation. Let the word of God dwell in you richly. That's what we're doing here. We're slowing it down, my friends, inviting the Holy Spirit to help the scripture, the double-edged sword, come alive so we can wield it against those strong emotions that hijack our peace, as well as cause us to forget our purpose here, why our heart continues to beat. As we let the word of God dwell in us richly, we can pray bold prayers. Dear God, protect me from compliments and complaints so that my heart can stay grounded in the mission for which it beats. I don't want to get distracted by a compliment or a complaint. My identity belongs to you. That's the first phase of emotional intelligence in Christ, your personal identity in Christ. Let the message of God, the word of God, dwell in you richly. When you let the word of God dwell in you richly, you have victory over those strong negative emotions. You also are empowered to teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your heart. He goes on to say in verse 16. So the sixth directive is to let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. And there's two lets here. Let the word of God dwell in you richly. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Let the word of God dwell in you richly. So you're letting. That's the directive. Let. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts over any negative thought that is trying to take up free rent between your two ears. God's given you the grace, my friends. The same power that rose Jesus from the grave lives in you to cast out those tenants that are trashing your interior mind. Where the mind goes, the man follows. Take back that space for Christ. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Let the word of God dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another. And the last directive is an over, overarching theme that empowers us to activate, with the help of the Holy Spirit within us, the other six directives. And it's this, Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, and whatever you do, 
whether you're clothing yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, whether you're putting to death what belongs to the earthly nature, whether you're setting your mind on things above and praying for the grace to not focus on the things of the earth, whether you're clothing yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, working on forgiving and loving an enemy, whatever it is, letting the word of God dwell in you richly, letting the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Paul goes on to say, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So that pulls it all together, the seventh directive. Whatever you do, that's the directive. Whatever you're going to do out there in earth school, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God, the Father through him. So let's, let's pull this through. Let's say that you want to clothe yourselves with more kindness. You're finding that you're experiencing a little bitterness in your heart because of undesirable circumstances in life. So you come to the Holy Spirit within your soul, within your heart and your mind. And you ask for the grace, dear God, help me to be a kind person. In spite of the bitterness I feel, I give you permission to resurrect kindness within me because you ask me and help me in this journey to nurture and expand the character of kindness in my words, thoughts, deeds, and actions. Kindness to myself first and foremost, Lord. Many times I'm not very kind. The inner critic is cruel to me. And I know who's driving that bus. So grant me the grace, Lord, to expand kindness in my life. And as I do this, this deed, this desire, I choose to do it all in your name. And I give thanks to you, Father God, for giving me the grace to even be aware of the fact that I want more kindness to override any bitterness in my heart. So whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Let's sum it up. You just learned six clear guidelines that Paul invites us as followers of Jesus to embrace. As you go over as seven clear guidelines, as you go over these seven guidelines on your own, that's your school practice out there, highlight what the Holy Spirit wants to teach you. What behavior is he asking you to do more of, less of? You're not alone. Room for growth. You are the handiwork of God created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he has prepared in advance for us to do. Ephesians 2.10. In order to tune into good works and these directives, it's essential that we prune out with the help of the Holy Spirit, the works of the flesh. So as you read through here, as, as, I'm, as I reread the seven directives, simply take a deep breath and exhale. Be attentive. Which one is the Holy Spirit inviting you 
to learn more about in your life and to prune from your life to make more room for what he wants to clothe you with. He asks you to rid, the invitation there is to rid yourselves of some things and clothe yourselves with a few things. Which ones are for you? First directive, set your hearts on things above. Set your minds on things above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Second directive, put to death whatever belongs to your earthly nature. What is it for you? Sexual morality, impurity, lust, lust for more, not enoughness, evil desires, greed, Perhaps the Holy Spirit is asking you to rid yourselves of anger, rage. Bitterness walks hand in hand with rage, fuels rage, malice. What are your motives for doing what you do? Perhaps the Holy Spirit wants you to invite clarity into why you're doing what you're doing, knowing that we're here to do what we do, all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God for his glory, not ours. Are you inclusive? Do you think of the needs of others above your own? The Holy Spirit will speak. There's so much noise out there. We simply need to quiet the noise and disruptions of the outer world. And listen, what does the Holy Spirit want to rid you of today? To make more room for the love of Christ to enter in. Perhaps it's lying. Put on the new self. Third directive, clothe yourselves. So we were just invited to rid ourselves. Now Paul moves to the invitation to clothe ourselves. What is it for you that you want to see more of? Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience? I've mentioned before the litany of humility is a prayer that I started praying quite a while ago. I just prayed it this morning again, every Friday. And as, I, as I've mentioned, you need your big boy pants on, you need your big girl pants on to pray this prayer, because <laughs> it definitely reveals where you are stuck in the flesh. Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Third directive. Fourth directive, forgive one another. Is there someone in your life that you have a grievance against? Somebody that you're holding on to and you're secretly wishing something bad would happen in their life because they hurt you. And so you want them to hurt. This is that awesome, crazy challenge that the Holy Spirit, that, that Jesus invites us with. It's a job for the Holy Spirit within us. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. 
Consider yourself fortunate when all kinds of trials come your way. Those who persevere to the end will be saved. And it's a job for Jesus. When someone hurts you, our first reactive response in our flesh is wanting to hurt them back or to see them suffer in some way. That's the ways of the world. God's economy is completely opposite that. If someone hurts you, you pray for them. Pray for those who persecute you. Forgive is our fourth directive. Our fifth directive is put on love. In fact, in the book Unbound, which is a powerful uh, read for deliverance of strongholds, spiritual strongholds, the first step is to do an examination of consciousness of anyone in your life that you haven't forgiven and ask the Holy Spirit to show you, is there someone I still am holding a grudge against or haven't fully forgiven? Only then can the the power of God's love come through and deliver you. It's a powerful read, Unbound. So the fifth directive is to put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. So love binds together all of the things we're invited to clothe ourselves with here. Our sixth directive, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Let the word of God dwell in you. So we're clothing ourselves and we're letting, we're allowing. I think that's such a beautiful invitation. I was thinking about that today when I was driving. I was thinking, Lord, this is such a beautiful invitation that I actually, you've given me a choice and I can let your peace rule in my heart and let the message of God, the word of God dwell in me or not. That's just such a powerful position to be in. And I choose you, Jesus. I choose your peace. I choose you as the word of God to dwell within me. And our final directive is whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Galatians 1.10 says, are you still trying to win the approval of man or of God? Are you still trying to win the approval of man? If you try to win the approval of man, you cannot be a servant of Christ. So the drug of approval or man's approval, that's a messy place to play in. And Jesus desires to deliver it, deliver us from, from all of it. Work as if you're working for God, not for man. So if you're working for a boss that that um, is kind of like a donkey <laughs> and you feel undermined, and yet you feel God is calling you to stay there through discernment, ask how God desires to make him recognizable to this person and begin to pray for them. Work as if you're working for God. God, I'm not doing this for this person right now. I'm doing this for you. God, I don't feel like loving this person right now, but I need to borrow your love and I'll do it for you. Lord, I don't feel like being kind right now. I'm hungry, angry, lonely, tired, and sick. I got nothing left. And with your help and your grace, I know it's possible to be kind in spite of my own physical discomfort. Our victory lies in the one who died to win our hearts. 
God has prepared in advance for us to do these good works, my friends. It's essential that we prune out, with the help of the Holy Spirit, everything from the flesh. Take time. Breathe this in. It's a season for pruning, for growth in our lives. You're not alone. Holy Spirit, what do you want us to do more of? What do you want us to do less of? Show us what you want to specifically rid from our lives that's blocking us from experiencing your profound love and grace. Who do you want us to forgive? What have we been setting our hearts on? What have we been setting our minds on, Lord? Show us and give us the grace to course correct so that we can be emotionally intelligent with you, in you, and through you and make you recognizable in this world for the sake of salvation of souls. Guide us in this journey as we truly take time to lean into the seven directives from Paul. We want to follow you closer today than yesterday. Have your way with us, sweet Jesus, in spite of our fleshly outbursts. And remind our face that you adore us. In your most precious name we pray. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Give him heaven out there, my friends. There's enough of the dark side going on. Look forward to talking on our next podcast.